0: An evil house from the beginning a house that was born bad well hello i feel like i always start with a well hello but uh we're here how's it going troy we are popcorn society what's going on my man hey
1: everything's great. I'm excited to talk about our next movie. I hope you are
0: too. I'm uh, I don't know if excited is the word. I don't I'll find a better word as we uh, get further into this recording. But, but yeah, we're in our month of October. It's a we want to talk about things that are scary, spooky halloween themed and this movie of choice just today is uh right up that alley and we're talking about a movie that is pretty old i'm surprised you picked it troy we will get there are you drinking anything tonight how you feeling are you getting good vibes bad vibes what's your attitude or your uh, emotions like right now
1: i'm actually drinking a scotch uh glenn livet 14. My brother came into town last week and he brought a bottle of Welsh single malt. I like scotch. I'm not, I won't usually indulge in it that often. When I was drinking the bottle that he brought, I was like, oh yeah, I, I really do like scotch. So I went and bought a bottle. I am enjoying it now.
0: I'm usually a, a whiskey or bourbon or rye kind of guy with my podcast, but uh, tonight I'm going beer. I don't know. It's just, just calling my name. I got the 805, 805 flowing.
1: Was it just you wanted something a little
0: bubbly, a little fizzy? Yeah, a little, little fizzy. I feel like this episode, this movie we're doing is a little different. So I'm going with a different drink tonight. You see the connection there? It's all about connection.
1: It's a little, uh, there's a little chill in the air. That's right. Otherwise, too. So that's right. I'm surprised you're picking a beer and not something that seems like scotch or whiskey would be more appropriate for tonight.
0: I but, feel like uh, I feel like a beer, for some reason, tonight just feels a little more like fall, a little more like the season, you know, whereas I always drink whiskey. I don't drink beer too often, so... It is Oktoberfest. That's right. Let's just dive into it. What are we talking about today, Troy? Can you tee up our, our movie of choice for episode number eight, numero ocho, in the Popcorn Society podcast?
1: So tonight we are talking about The Haunting, released in 1963 and directed wow. by... Robert Weiss I know it's funny that you're like oh this movie is old I mean yes it is old old, but there are older movies out there older scary movies that came out in the 30s and 40s yes this movie is now
0: wow 60 years old that is really old I don't think I ever watched movies that are this old except for maybe Wizard of Oz I can't think of any other movie I've watched in the last 30 years that is older than this do you watch movies this old all the time from the the 50s 60s Old. I mean, come on, like older. Casablanca. Um, ah. which is
1: a great movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never watched that. It's a one-time viewing. I think I saw it a long time ago.
1: I mean, Robert Wise directed West Side Story, which is older than this movie by a couple of years. But yeah, that's why when you said old, which yes, it is. It's sixty years old.
0: It's old, but it's old.
1: there Damn. are there were a lot of great movies made in the forties. You know, Gone with the Wind. A lot of Hitchcock's greatest movies were made in the 40s and 50s you know you yeah. did some in the 60s a lot of westerns that i love were yeah, done in the 50s right. and 60s i'm not i'm not
0: disputing that i guess i just i think i i think i'm just saying i never watch old movies anymore tons of movies were made that were good in that time i mean you're more of the history movie buff more than me but i don't know anything that on tv that's like older than 1977 i kind of just Flip the channel or I'll find something else. Man, and you are, it, you're drawn to these kind of films.
1: I'm drawn to good films. And there's and a lot of good is, films. Yeah. And this I consider a great classic film. It's also funny that you said that this movie, you consider this movie old and classic because it's in black and white. However, that was a style choice by Robert Weiss because color was around during this time. You're right. He chose to make this film in black and white.
0: I didn't know that until the research I did after I saw it. At first, when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, of course, it's black and white. Everything had to be black and white back then because they didn't have color and they barely had TVs back then. So, of course, it's black and white. Upon further research, uh, I can confirm what you just said. It was a, a choice to film this or to show it in black and white. And it's about things that go bump in the night. So I thought before we got into the movie, we could talk about bringing it home a little bit. Troy, have you ever had any any experiences from the other side? Any kind of spooky ghost stories, or you know, things that happened to you that might uh, might raise the the hair in the back of the neck of our listeners come to mind? I have always been
1: fascinated by the supernatural, by ghosts, by haunted houses. I used to love reading about them and watching any type of story that involved the supernatural, but I don't believe in them. I do not believe in ghosts. I do not believe in haunted houses. You're fascinated by it, but you, you're not You're not a believer. I am not a believer. Okay. I'll tell you, my younger brother, is. he's a little bit more on the spiritual side, the one that mm-hmm. actually just came out to visit. And I remember playing a prank on him when I was 13. We used to live in a house that had a Jack and Jill closet. Do you know what that is? A Jack and Jill closet?
0: A closet that's shared between two bedrooms?
1: Right. Like, c- and connecting? there's they're connecting. So you can go into one bedroom, go through the closet and exit out into the other bedroom.
0: This sounds scary just by thinking. about it. (laughs) (laughs) So we
1: had a Jack and Jill closet in the house that my father rented in St. Gabriel. And I recall, I went into my room and was reading a book or something. And then I had to get something out of my brother's room. So I went through the Jack and Jill closet, I found what I was looking for. But then I heard my youngest brother kind of get up And I thought, oh, I'm going to scare him because he doesn't know I'm in here. So I hid into the corner of the room. Their dresser was kind of in the corner. There's a little gap in there. And I kind of put myself in that gap. My brother came in there. He had hamsters. He was playing with his hamsters. And I thought, oh, he's going to see me any second now. So I better jump out. I realized that he had no idea I was in that room. He could not see me. He could not hear me. And I thought, this is great. He doesn't know I'm here. I'm going to mess with him. So there was a baseball glove by my foot. So I picked it up and I just tossed it into the middle of the room right by my brother.
0: <laughs> and he looked what? at
1: the glove, he looked around. I thought he saw me because he looked in the corner where I was at, but I was so concealed. He didn't yeah. see me and he looked at the glove again and then he just got up and walked out of the room. So I played it off great. I stayed in that corner for another 10 minutes wow, and then
0: yeah. I committed.
1: Yes. And then I went back into my room through the Jack and Jill closet, stayed in my room for another 20 minutes just to make it more convincing. And then I came out to the living room and my younger brother was sitting in my dad's lap in my dad's recliner, just like kind of hugging him. And I thought, this is great. You know, he got scared. He has no idea. And I was going to tell him right then and there that it was me, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this and I'm going to let him freak out about it for a while. Yeah, I savored this
0: moment for a while. Yes,
1: I savored that moment for 20 years. I did 20 not tell years. him. Okay, yes. that's a lot of
0: savoring. So it, 20 it years was. later, you told him. That is insane. I, I told him 20
1: years later. He looked at me and he said, what? And I said, yeah, do you ever? He was like, yes. And I said, you never, sh- you never told anybody because he never did. He never, I thought for sure he was going to, and that's when I was going to break it to him. Because I thought for sure he's going to tell my dad or my yeah, me like, or my, my brother's like, or hey, yeah, like I think the house is haunted, this glove. He never brought it up. And that's how I knew he was really freaked out. He never mentioned it. He just and kept so it inside for 20 years for 20 and he, years he
0: remembered the exact moment when you brought oh it up. he
1: remembered it exactly when i i don't know if he was relieved mad at me but he just was silent for a good 60 seconds when i told him and he was just <laughs> like what and i said yeah that was me i was hiding in the corner <laughs> <laughs> and i you know we had a good laugh about it. I was like you didn't say anything for 20 years and then my brother's like you didn't tell me for
0: 20 years and he did. He actually thought there was a ghost in the house. Oh, so. my gosh. Only you would savor that for 20 years, not 20 minutes, not 24 hours, not 20 months, 20 years. That is impressive. Yes. Hey, what, so, what if you had, what if he had tragically passed away and you never got the chance to tell him he would have gone to his grave believing that there was a, a ghost that night in his bedroom or something that made him that threw the glove at him?
1: Well, if there is an afterlife, I'm sure he would have found out and I'm sure he would have haunted me <laughs> about that whole situation.
0: That's a good story. That is, uh, wow, it's, that's hard to beat. But that's still something that he thought it was a ghost, but it wasn't really a ghost. Nope. Have you ever had any experiences where you thought you saw, heard something or like, nope, nothing, never. Everything is uh, on the up and up.
1: I have had experiences of
0: night paralysis. You know that phenomenon, right? That Yeah, that's scary. Where yes. that where like you feel like you're awake but you're asleep and you feel like you can't move and you're trying to wake up and right somebody about and to then you or something
1: right and you always people who experience this and i experience it when i have it you feel like there's another entity or another presence in the room with you for me i used to think that entity was what was, was paralyzing me so i experienced that i think i, I must just be too logical because when i'm going through that night paralysis half of my brain is like okay you're just dreaming you're just dreaming the other half is oh you're up but you're kind of in the middle even though i felt scared and i felt like there was somebody there when i actually came out of it i just realized okay it was just night paralysis it was nothing that was going on. Um, that's probably about the closest I've had experience with something that was kind of, I felt sap- supernatural, but even then I knew there was a logical yeah, explanation you're just, to it.
0: You're too logical. I think even if a ghost appeared itself, to you in broad daylight, you would still find a way to like explain it away. Like, no, you know, that was just like the light reflecting off the mirror and that didn't really happen. If it slapped you in the face, I think you wouldn't believe it. Well, Am because right?
1: there probably is a, a, logical, a logical and
0: scientific,
1: <laughs> scientific reason for it. But I'm not I'm not a spiritual person either. What about you, Bryn? Do you believe in ghosts?
0: Oh, no, no, it's a tough question. I, I do think I've seen some weird stuff happen before. For example, in a, the house we used to live in, Prior to this one, we had a like a marquee sign that said like Y in big letters, W-I-N-E, and we had it above our kitchen. And I kid you not, every once in a while, that sign would turn off or on by itself. We had it set up so we could flip it on and off with a remote switch. And I don't know if there was some kind of frequency that set it off or something like that, but honest to God, that thing would turn on by itself without us even touching or being anywhere near the remote at random parts of the the night or the day. It probably happened at least a half dozen times. Not that it was like super scary, but like, okay, why is this happening? This is weird. So
1: the first thing <laughs> that entered your mind when that was happening was, oh, it's not faulty wiring. It's not, your. the first thing that entered your mind was, okay, maybe there's a
0: spirit. It's possible. Okay. I, I, I definitely leave it as a possibility. I'm not explaining it away automatically. Okay, you know that just must be some, some other remote setting it off, right? Which is probably the the case. But I, I leave that that room for like, okay, maybe there is somebody on the other side, in the upside down. If we're talking in terms of Stranger Things, that's messing with the lights. And how old um, were you when this oh, would this occur? Is, this was like I don't know, five six years ago. So <laughs> I was into my mid. 30s or something. I
1: thought you were going to say, you know, I was five or six.
0: <laughs> no, no. Ask Aaron about it. She'll tell you. She will tell okay. you. So that uh, that's one thing. Uh, never experienced any kind of other ghosts or monsters, things like that. I will say when I was in high school, probably my sophomore or junior year, a group of friends and I, we actually went out to our school in the middle of the night on, I think it was Halloween or pretty close to Halloween. And my high school was very old. It's over a 100 years old at the time I went there so it's probably like 134 years old 30 or 40 years old now and there's a lot of like you know ghost stories or haunted stories about different places of the of the school a group of friends and I being the the silly dumb you know high schoolers we were decided to be like you know ghost hunters and go out there and we had a camcorder or some kind of you know recording device and took it with us and we had flashlights and this is like downtown Bakersfield, pretty dark, very, very old buildings from like, you know, the eight, late 1800s, early 1900s. We sell some stuff that was kind of spooky. We we, we snuck into like the main hall, like the biggest building. That's like a three or four store building. That's a lot of classroom, classrooms in it. And we thought we heard some things. Another was it dark? Were you doing this at night? Was it was it? night. It was night. It okay. was dark. We had flashlights. It was scary just being there, but we thought we heard a few things. Another time <clears throat> that same night, we were going to another building. We couldn't get in. We saw from up um, through the window that it was a computer lab, and just one of the screens was just like green, just like a flat green screen on the computer out of all these computers in the lab. So there were, we thought at that time, maybe there was some kind of ghost or spirit that had turned that computer on. And why was the screen green? So we explained it away as a, you know, being a, my wife said it was slimer, could have been. <laughs> and the last, the last uh, bit of spookiness from that, that night out was we went to the football field and there was this old story about somebody who fell off the top of the stadium, football stadium, and like, you know, died and the ghost is still there. And we, could have sworn we saw as we were walking towards the stadium up in the press box, like a head of a person appear for like three seconds and disappear. And there was nobody else up there. So that was my ghost adventurer story. There's, you know, TV shows that do that for fun now, Um, you know, ghost adventurers or ghost hunters. But uh, we were actually doing that for real in high school back in the year 2000 or 1999, whatever it was. Um. besides that i don't know no other really uh ghost stories but i know i have friends i have family that have seen things that i believe in spirits believe in that kind of stuff so i don't have any hard evidence to give you but i think it's in the realm of possibility
1: i am fascinated by the supernatural and by ghosts and haunted house stories i do not believe in them but i do love to hear a good ghost story good ghost story i do all right
0: I'll try to think of a better one next time I see you, but that's all I I had today. What about Erin, your wife? Does she believe in ghosts? Let me ask her. She's right here. Uh, Erin, do you believe in ghosts? Okay. She said, I believe in spirits, and she does not like the word ghosts or to refer to them as ghosts. Okay. So semantics. Because of the the
1: connotation? Because ghosts are malevolent spirits that are trying to do us harm? Ghosts are more ominous, she said. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, one of these days we always refer to Erin off screen or off off podcast. We're going to
0: have to have her like actually do a guest spot on the show. Oh, time. She would she would love to oblige. We'll find a movie that she really likes and really like wants to talk about and uh, we'll do it. We'll have okay. her on. We'll have and her on uh,
1: as a, a third talking head.
0: Yeah. And on that note, I think we'll have a few other guests. I have some ideas for some of the other guest spots we'll bring on to talk about some of their favorite flicks the popcorn society so a lot of good stuff coming but yeah i'm, I'm kind of getting chills just talking about all this stuff which brings us back to our our movie of the day haunting in 1963 a little bit of some of the housekeeping on this story you said already directed by robert wise i didn't know again until after i saw the movie upon doing research that he also directed west side story the sound of music and Star Trek, The Motion Picture, 1979. Pretty cool, I mean, pretty good accolades for this guy. Anything else you know about this director or anything else you like about uh, his work? Robert
1: Weiss, he cut his teeth in the film industry as a cinematographer. So he used to be behind the camera. He used to work a lot with a producer called Val Lewton, did a lot of horror movies, which is why Robert Weiss, he became famous for films, lighter films, like West Side Story, Sound music, Musicals. Mm-hmm. But he had always wanted to make, he was always fascinated with horror films because of his collaboration with Val Lewton, who Val Lewton had produced the original Cat People. Refreshing that Robert Weiss has a wide, he's a great director and he has proven he can do almost anything. Musicals, he's done. Science fiction with Star Trek, the motion picture, not my favorite science fiction movie, but he's done it. For me, I mean, I love the sound of the music. I love West Side Story, but I think this is his best movie. I, it's his most creative stylistic movie i will if people talk about robert weiss this is the movie i always mention first for some other people it might be west side story or the sound of music
0: but for me it is the haunting the haunting wow i mean yeah pretty good directing chops to have that that range to do the haunting and then something like a musical and then like a sci-fi picture so this guy is probably ahead of his time Anything that you can add in regards to the cast, because I don't recognize any of these names. We have Julie Harris playing Eleanor Lance, Claire Bloom playing Theodora, Richard Johnson as Dr. John Markway, and Russ Tamblin as Luke Sanderson. Again, very old movie, very old actors. You are probably better educated in, in these actors than I am. Any of these actors have any? any other highlights or anything you want to mention about them
1: well when I originally saw this film Russ Tamblin was the only actor that I recognized in it mm-hmm. I didn't know Julie Harris even though she's very famous she's mostly a stage actress but she did do quite a few films but she was famous for um, her stage work other than that everybody else I did not know who they were yeah um except for russ tamblin russ tamblin was probably the most well-known actor that when i saw this that i knew i or i recognized him he's also the father of amber uh amber tamblin the actress i don't know if you're familiar with her don't know but, her uh, okay what's she from she has done some television work she did joan of arcadia i don't know if hmm. you ever saw that um, she became famous because i guess nepotism with her father but okay uh, She has done some other... She's actually done some horror films as well. Um, The rest of the cast, I did not know. I think everybody was well cast in this movie. I think everybody kind of hit their marks and understood the assignment for this film.
0: Yeah, I think I can somewhat agree with that. I didn't think the acting was like anything to write home about but nothing that was like poorly acted either i don't know maybe it's just the way that the movie the time period it was filmed the acting was just different back then maybe not the actors were were just okay for me nothing that like stood out or jumped off off the screen so to speak um but let's set up the plot a little bit it's time for our ever so famous and popular segment called the popcorn plot and, Troy, I think uh, I'm going to give it a shot today. So get your get your timer ready. Get your timer out so you can clock me on the popcorn plot where we give you the plot of the film in 60 seconds or less. Okay,
1: okay. I have faith in you this time because the plot is fairly simple. So I think you can do it, Bryn. Okay, I'm are you ready? Confident.
0: I'm fairly confident. All
1: right. Okay, I'm going to give you a countdown.
0: Three, two, one, go. Okay. There's a haunted house. In the middle of nowhere, in the woods, four people visit the house. One of them has a crazy inner voice that talks to herself throughout the film. Some weird stuff happens, and the lady with the inner voice ultimately freaks out and dies, and they all leave the house again, and it stays haunted. The end.
1: Thirty-one seconds, and you know what? You kind of summed it up. You Boom. summed it up. That is um,
0: that is the easiest plot in the history of mankind, or at least the history of popcorn society. Okay, I did simplify a little bit, but Troy, were, you know, fill in the gaps here. What I left out some things, but not a lot, to be honest with you. It's basically about a haunted house in the middle of nowhere that people go check out. One of them's a scientist. that's what he's interested in the supernatural kind of right. View. He's a
1: he's a paranormal researcher. Right. And he studies haunted houses and he gathers a team to go to Hill House, which is the name of the house. Hill House. Mm -hmm. That has had some ominous history to it. Every single one of the owners has died in some mysterious fashion. So he gathers a team of Theodora, played by Claire Bloom. She's kind of a ESP. You know, she can become in tuned with people's energies kind of read not so much. It's not implied that she can read minds, but she can feel a connection with um, these people. Russ Tamlin, he's the heir to the owners of the house. He's going to eventually inherit the house. He's there to just make sure everything Mm -hmm. is on the up and up. And he wants to make sure he's protecting his investment, which is why he's there. And then Julie Harris, who is the Eleanor Lance character, who's the main character, so to say, she is a very psychologically frail. She has a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. And um, she has an inner voice. And she's the one that has the inner voice. And Dr. Markway chooses her because she experienced a poltergeist encounter when she was a child. And so he thinks that she has some sort of attunement with the supernatural, which is why she's brought on to the expedition as well. They all come to the house, weird stuff starts happening. Yeah, it does not end well. Does not end well
0: for Lisa? For, for, for Eleanor. Right. Yeah.
1: And and I don't think anybody leaves the house not being scarred in some way. There's a lot of emotional trauma, psychological trauma that this house inflicts on everybody. Yeah, it's a very simple plot.
0: Very simple. Very simple I mean, story. I, I captured the plot, but you, you know, you're pretty I, good at painting fat, over some stuff. Yeah. You fatten it up a little bit. A I little fattened bit. it up. A, but not a whole lot. There's not a whole not, lot. At its core, at its bones, it's a haunted house that people go to and shit happens.
1: And some people say that this is the original best haunted house movie. But that's up for debate as well. I feel it's the best haunted house movie out there. This movie, I think. Is very polarizing that's why i'm yeah. very interested to hear your thoughts because there's i have a lot of friends that i'm so hyped about this movie and i you know i make them watch it they come out of the other end and be like that was the most boring movie i have ever seen like i don't uh, you I, said uh, that was a scary movie <laughs> like that movie I wanted to laugh throughout the whole movie.
0: I didn't want to laugh, but I, I felt like I was like, why am I watching this movie? And why is Troy so hyped up about this movie? Like I kept thinking about why am I watching this movie? Which is okay. It's totally okay. We can have different opinions on movies. That's what makes a good discussion. makes a good podcast, so to speak. Let me ask, let me start with this way. Let me start with this. What What about this movie do you like so much? Give me your reasoning that makes this an OMG, can't miss Halloween haunted house classic movie. What did you like about it? I want to tell you the history
1: of of the first time I saw this movie. Okay. I was actually it was surreal how I saw this movie. The first I was taking a film history class and this was in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and my instructor, the professor loved this movie. And he said, "Okay, we're going to do the haunting next. And I have a special guest that's going to talk about the movie. And we saw it in a theater in Virginia beach. We normally we would watch movies on a TV screen in the classroom. But this one, he said, we're all going to meet up at this movie theater. We're going to see this special screening. And there's a special guest that's going to be talking about the movie afterwards. I I had never heard about this movie. I, I went into it with knowing nothing. We get to the theater. And there's other people there. It wasn't just my class, but it was mostly my class. And then there were some other people that were there as well. Lo and behold, my film instructor, he introduced the movie to everybody. And the special guest was Robert Weiss, was actually at the screening that I
0: saw. OK, so stop there. No wonder you love this movie. You have a whole experience about the movie when you were younger. This whole like story that goes along with how you saw it, when you saw it, the experience of seeing it. The director was there. It was in film class. I'm so like, oh my gosh, no wonder this is like so high on your list because of what you said so far. I think that happens sometimes where we attach ourselves or we are we have fondness of films based on how we originally saw them. Not that that well, is the whole reason why you like it, but I think this is playing a role.
1: Yes, I did see a very special screening of it. Mm-hmm. And... It was awesome that Robert Weiss was there and he talked about the movie afterwards. Once again, I had no idea what the movie is about going into it. I knew it was a haunted house movie, but I was fascinated with the movie from the opening sequence, from the opening beats, the music. The narration, uh, Robert Weiss, the cinema cinematography of the movie, some of the angles that he chose, you understand why he wanted it to be in black and white. There are very contrasting images that are on there. There's characters that are half, you know, it's a very common theme in a lot of black and white films when you have a character that's either... You know, you don't know whether a good guy or or a good person or a bad person and they're kind of half in shadow and half in light. He does use that effectively. He does a lot of the German Impressionist movements where the camera is off center or it's at an angle. So, and all of that is just to create the disorientation of what he wanted you to experience. In the film, he wanted you to be disoriented, just like they were in there. Um, The feeling of being lost in this movie, just like they were lost in the house. Yes, stylistically, I think it's a great movie, but I'm also a big believer in the less is more thinking in regards to horror films. You know, Steven Spielberg, he kind of lucked out with that in Jaws that the shark wasn't working, so he had to show less. But, you know, he's later been quoted saying like that was a blessing in disguise, because if the shark was working, he probably would have shown more of it and the movie would not be the same, because I think he was always said more people would be talking about. The how fake the shark looked or you know the shark didn't look real and the fact that he could only show glimpses of it because the shark wasn't working for the majority of the movie made it scarier and I believe that the hunting Robert weiss. He does that to great effect this movie is about ghosts you never see a single ghost in the movie that's not a one now you hear them and you know you see evidence of them but you never see a physical manifestation of a spirit in this whole movie even though it's a haunted house movie about spirits and ghosts right so that aspect of it as well and i literally was on the edge of my seat watching this movie there is a lot of talking that's what i think a lot of people who watch this who don't like this movie is like it's all talk that's all they do in this entire movie is talk
0: there which is yes talk. Mm-hmm. there
1: is a lot of dialogue but interspace between those there are certain sequences where they're you know either talking about what happened or talking while things are happening to them he uses some of that conversation and just the sound design of this movie as well it's just very foreboding it's very creepy i felt like i was in that haunted house and that i was going through what they were going in just the disorientation you know the the gloomy dark lighting of the movie really gives you a sense of this house is, I believe they call it an evil house, and you can kind of feel the evil dripping from this house by the way Robert Weiss directed the film and presents it on screen. There are genuine moments where I i think one of the scaredest I've been in a film, it's kind of a jump scare, but I don't usually jump that much in movies because I've, I've seen a lot and I kind of don't jump or react that much. In, inwardly, I do. Yeah. But I think in this movie, there's a certain scene where... I jumped in my seat
0: when it happened. And the the lady came out of the the attic and at the end. (laughs) Yes. When
1: she jumped, when she appears in the attic, when Eleanor's up on this spiral staircase, I was, you know, with the music, yes. Mm -hmm. And I think I physically jumped. And it was, that's probably one of the very few times where I have physically jumped in my seat during a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially a horror movie. I I think I told you I love this movie. I watch it every year for Halloween. And it still After scares si- you. And it still scares me the <laughs> ambience of it, the the music. It's just a creepy, creepy haunted house movie. If you're looking for good special effects or you know, to see what a what Robert yeah. Weiss's version of a ghost looks like, you're gonna be sorely disappointed. because yeah, you're not gonna see yeah, you're not gonna see any of that. <laughs> you're not. So, A friend of mine said like what the scariest thing in that movie is the ghost leaves a note for eleanor that's supposed to be the scariest thing (laughs) in the movie he's like that's what i'm supposed to be scared of a little note that the ghost wrote to her
0: Um, I i can appreciate you know the whole you brought up jaws and i was just thinking about that as well the whole spielberg style of like it's more about what you don't see that scares the crap out of you he even plays with that a little bit, I think, in Jurassic Park before you even see the T-Rex. There's things that happen that, that like where you're experiencing the T-Rex and the, the fear, the terror of it before you actually see it. So I do appreciate that in filmmaking, maybe this film was a little bit ahead of its time, as far as that goes. Using lighting, using camera tricks, no VFX, no special effects, no CGI, but camera tricks to create that I'm not saying it's not a scary movie. I'm saying, I think I'm just more saying it doesn't hold up because maybe if you could put yourself in my shoes, if I'm seeing it for the first time in 2023 or anybody is, they're probably not going to find it that scary, right? The, the average fan, the average viewer probably is going to be like, this movie is not scary. It's kind of boring. If you're a film person, a history person, you probably appreciate how it was made and when it was made. Honestly, like it's not really a scary movie if you're seeing it for the first time um, as as I did. Yeah, there were some moments. I think what was kind of creepy for me was like again, it wasn't really that scary, but like I got the the, the gist of it was when she, the lady, it's her name, um, Eleanor, Julie Harris's character, in the middle of the night. You know, she's experiencing these these things that are happening to her with with these sounds coming from the house. And there's she she thinks her roommate is holding her hand, and she's like yelling out like, "Why are you holding my hand so hard?" And then she. The lights come on or she wakes up and she looks over and her roommate is actually not next to her. And she's like gripping basically the thin air and something else was was squeezing her hand or grabbing her hand. it must've been the ghost or whatever, but-
1: What, no, what? God. God. Whose hand was I holding?
0: That was a little freaky. Yeah, that a little, it's chilling. Chilling. It's, it is. Well,
1: you know, there is a school of thought. There are certain people out there who think that this is more of a psychological horror film, which it can mm-hmm. be viewed that way. Eleanor is very almost, you could say, psychologically, emotionally teetering on the edge, you know, between sanity and insanity. She carries a lot of guilt. You know, she's her own personal living situation she lives with her sister she's developed some psychological tics you know she's very she's an outsider you know she's she's very she doesn't socialize that much she doesn't go out much part of the
0: movie and i think her inner her inner dialogue her other inner voice which you do hear on on the on the film her talking to herself that's a little creepy too because she has you know these thoughts going through her head some which are a little insane and some which are you know, because of what's happening to her, but like her self-talk is creepy.
1: Like I said, there, there's a certain school of thought. I believe that everything that happens is happening in her head. That nothing is actually happening in real life. That it's all in her head. The voices <clears> and her <throat> hand being squeezed. That like a fan that's theory. all. That it's all happening in her head. Wouldn't
0: well, that, that nobody else is, gets really scared, right? I mean, I'm right. Trying to think back. Is did anybody well, else really get? freaked out like she does. they're
1: they're kind of creeped out by the circumstances right mm-hmm. because even with that view. the only other person that we know for sure has seen or experienced some of the things that Eleanor is experiencing is Theodora because they are roommates there's that one sequence where they're in the room together they hear the noises they see the door being pounded on and they can both hear it but once again the thought is that Theodora in case you, I'm sure you're aware of it, but um, lesbian attraction between Theodora has mm-hmm. for Eleanor, which is, it's not overt, it's kind of subtle, but there is, that is definitely yeah. implied there. I got a little bit that, vibe. so sure. Right, because, you know, Theodora, she feels threatened by Dr. Marquay when Eleanor kind of displays affection for him and kind of has a crush on him, and Theodora tries to like break that apart because. She's got an attraction to Eleanor. There's a school of thought that Theodore is playing along with Eleanor just to kind of get in her good graces. She doesn't really hear any of the stuff that Eleanor hears, but she's just playing along
0: with her. Yeah, to, she wants to wants to get in there. Wants right, Because you know, exactly. She wants to, you know, have a little action. She wants to get a little spirited,
1: so to say. But, <laughs> so there is that theory. And some people believe that it's actually Theodora who writes that note on the wall to freak Eleanor out. You know, she does get mad at Eleanor for having that attraction to Dr. Markway. There was kind of a jealousy thing going on there. So, I don't particularly believe it. I I believe in the context that the house is haunted because even during that whole sequence when they hear all of this, when Dr. Markway and Luke actually, you know, they actually wind up coming into the room and they tell them like, "Didn't you hear all that?" and they're like, "No, we were we thought we heard a dog and we've been, you know, following this dog.
0: And we just yeah. walked by your room, but there's been nothing out here. Well, they so, all did, they all did experience that that zone little little spot the in cold the house spot. where it's like right. cold and like right. you know you could see their breath. And they, they they experienced the the chilly coldness of this one area of the house, which they try to explain maybe with the draft or something going on with the the heating or the cooling. But it, uh, you know it is something supernatural ish happening right. in the house. Well, and Luke throughout this movie he's the voice of reason right
1: he tries to explain everything i guess he's like me in in the movie he tries to find a rational explanation to everything you know the cold spot is just a draft and he doesn't really hear any of this other stuff but at the end of the movie even he believes that the house is evil he want at the end he wants to burn the house down
0: it ought to be burned down and the ground sword with salt
1: I, I am of the, the school that the house is haunted. Even after multiple viewings, I'm like, nope, the house is haunted. Everything that Eleanor has experienced did actually happen, it's not in her mind. But I have read and I have heard some very convincing theories about that. It's all in her head, it's all
0: psychological. But I personally believe that the house is in the context of the movie. It probably is. Can we just take a step back here and just talk about it's kind of the silliness of a haunted house situation where I'm going to a house that looks the way that does, looks freaky as hell in the middle of the woods. And I have one night where something odd, creepy happens. I'm getting the hell out of there. Like, why am I going to stay in this house? I am like taking the first car I can get and like getting the hell out of there and never coming back. telling everybody else to get the hell out of there as well. But this is the movies, it doesn't happen. They oh we'll stay here. It's okay. You know, I I I need to be here. I belong here. Even Eleanor is like, she feels like she's drawn to the house, like she has to be there. You no, know, she's the I feel like she's whining the entire movie. Like she was just kind of a little whiny bitch the whole movie, but she was the most scared, but she also wanted to stay the most. Right. So I don't know her. Her character kind of annoyed me as far as as far as that goes. But I'm just being more real with like, okay, how would you react in a haunted house? Like I wouldn't react this
1: way. You have to remember these characters go to the house being told that it's haunted. So they, in a way, want it to be haunted, right? Luke is the only one who doesn't believe the house is haunted. He's the only one that's kind of the voice of reason. Everybody else there believes in spirits. Has had some sort of connection with them and that's why they're there that's why they were picked by dr markway so they want the house i don't say they want but they believe that the house is haunted so they
0: want to experience they want
1: to find physical evidence that's why they're there they They want want to experience it right they want the haunting and they definitely get one
0: but if once they get one they should get the hell out of there come on it's not going to end well haven't they seen any scary movies themselves people are going to die somebody's going to get hurt you know, it's going to be blood's going to be shed. Okay. I'm just being a little, you know, outside the box, practical, looking, like, yeah. practical about how movies should work, but they don't work. That's just part of like my reaction to the movie. I, I think part of the other re- uh, reason I have difficulty with it is I don't like black and white films. I don't know. they just seem old school. Again, this one is kind of a creative choice to make it black and white, but I'm just not about black and white films. Give me some freaking color, man. Like, Even Wizard of Oz, I can't wait till she gets to freaking Oz so the 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 screen turns colorful um, and I see all the munchkins come out. But I don't like black and white movies. So that was working against me as well.
1: What about like Schindler's List?
0: Did you like Schindler's List? Not really. Well, okay. how about like you can appreciate the movie and think it's a a, you can think it's like a well-made cinematic movie, but still not like it. Both things can be true. And you know what, I mean?
1: what about um, Zack Snyder's Justice is Great, the black and white version of the
0: Justice League? Oh, now you're, now you're going Justice League on me, huh? <laughs> I don't so, think I've seen the the black and white version, but but that doesn't count. It's, it's a superhero film. Come on. Okay, okay. On. It was a stylistic choice. And I, I do enjoy black and white films. I don't
1: think... I mean, yes, older black and white films were made in black and white out of necessity because there was no color at that time. Right. And then when there was color... Some filmmakers still de- chose to work in black and white. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock, the majority, he's, he's done a lot of black and white films, but then he made a lot of great color films. Yeah. But then for his, I would say, scariest movie, he chose black and white. Psycho is in black and white. And I think that movie in color is a completely different movie it's not yeah. as scary it's not and once again that movie is also about mood and tone you know the creepiness factor you don't I mean it's a well-known famous fact that you don't see anybody get stabbed in that movie um, it's implied you see a knife blade up against the skin but you never see the blade penetrate the skin right in, anywhere in that movie so once again that a lot of that movie is implied and the black and white sets the tone of the movie that Alfred Hitchcock wanted the audience to experience. So I I could appreciate black and white as you know to set a certain tone to create a an ambiance that they want for the film, a, a vision, so to say.
0: Yes. But they couldn't I mean, be done, you couldn't pull that off these days. Do you think like a good Stephen King or other horror director could like pull off a, a good black and white film today? Sure. sure. And why not? And because I think people will just react negative negatively like I am to and I'm being a negative Nancy here to to a black and white film I guess the whole point I'm trying to make is like the film doesn't hold up today do you still think it holds up today with with its you know horror with its scariness of it with the the way it's the reaction it's supposed to
1: well I told you I still watch this movie every year at Halloween. This is one there's a lot of movies I try to see every Halloween. The haunting is one that I see every Halloween, because it for me, it sets the whole mood for the month for Halloween. I think this is the quintessential haunted house movie. And so you think
0: it still holds up to today. I standards. still think
1: it holds up. Yeah, especially with a lot of movies that come out today that are in color and mm-hmm. are trash and junk this movie has i think stood the test of time i still think it's as chilling now as it was back in 1963. there's not a lot of people that share that vision with me or that fondness for this film in that regard here (laughs) guilty i do i do have some famous company who love this movie some pretty famous directors that love this movie
0: yeah i read myself that uh Martin Scorsese actually named this as his favorite horror film. You're right on track there. I mean, there are people that love this love this, and adore this horror film, just like you do, and they are famous. Do you know others? No, I don't know if too many... In fact, until you told me that Martin Scorsese loved this film,
1: I was blissfully unaware of that. <laughs> I... You know, and some people feel like, oh, you have to be a film snob to like that movie. I think I'm probably... Yes, I, I watch a lot of films, but I also understand I like a movie for how it makes me feel and how what it's supposed to do the haunting does exactly what it's supposed to do it's supposed to creep you out it's supposed to make you look over your shoulder and be like what the heck was that noise it's supposed to be psychologically unsettling this movie achieves all of that. And I believe that is what a good horror film, especially when you watch it in October, is supposed to do. It's supposed to make you question what's that thing that's going bump in the night? I mean, there are literally things going bump in the night in this movie, throughout yeah. this movie. And well, that's what they're experiencing.
0: But I understand it does that for you. But do you think it would do that for your average moviegoer who sees it for the first time in 2023? Or the most I'm gonna just kind of laugh it off
1: i i think the majority of the audiences that go out to see a horror movie now that enjoy horror movies now Mm -hmm. they they want to see something they want to see a ghost especially with visual effects being what they are they want to see a ghost they want to see the spirit they want to see some sort of evidence that what's happening is supposed to be happening. I think the only other film that has come out in the last 20 years that where they show a lot less, it's not yeah. my favorite horror movie, but I appreciated it for this is probably Paranormal Activity. That mm. movie you don't see a lot, right? That movie is definitely all about mood. It's all about
0: what you don't see, right? Well, you're going to hate me that I have not seen that movie. I understand the premise of it, but um... But yeah, I have not seen that movie. Again, I, I kind of stay away from from horror movies that are too realistic or too scary cuz I want to sleep well at night. Yeah, that was a popular one in terms there of There was.
1: There are, you know, something like the Blair Witch Project. You don't see a whole lot in that movie. You don't see you don't see a witch in that movie. You you see evidence of one. And I think the only time you do is there's that scene and you probably have you seen the Blair Witch Project?
0: Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because maybe that's why I don't watch horror movies or scary movies at all these days. Because I watched that movie in theaters and honest to God, I slept with the lights on that night in my room. And that's the only night I've ever ever slept with the lights on because I was scared shitless from the Blair Witch Project. And maybe that's why I avoid horror films, generally speaking. But that one was scary. But, that was scary. but Bryn, you
1: don't see anything in that movie. You never see the witch. You You never see, you see evidence of witch activity. Mm -hmm. um, But you don't really, that's another one where less is more. I think the only time you actually see something is when she's in the tent and you see all the little handprints or the little hands that are on the the shadows of the hands of silhouettes. Other than that, you don't see anything. I mean, you hear, you hear things, you see, you know, the little physical um, twigs that are being hanged you know hung from the branches but that movie also you get this sense of foreboding they're lost and they're going in circles and the filmmakers did a really good job of making the audience feel that you know that sense of being lost that sense of despair because you know they they have no idea of how to get out of their situation yeah they and more and more creepy things happen one of their members disappears you don't know how you don't know why and that's creepy as hell. All you do is you, you find a little package with his fingers in it
0: and that's it. Yeah. And, Maybe but I can relate so... to everything that happens in that movie more than I can relate to being in a, a haunted house somewhere okay. because I can and put I would... myself in their shoes more than I can right. the haunting. You know?
1: And I would say that the Blair Witch Project owes a lot of what it achieves and how it does it to the haunting. I think the haunting was one of those. The very first psychological less is more, I'm not going to show you anything, but I'm everything that even though you don't see it, you're going to get creeped out by it. And I think that's what happened in paranormal activity. They kind of use that same thought in Blair Witch Project. They also do that same thing where less is more, you're not going to see anything, but you're going to see evidence of it. And we're going to create this vision where you just have this. Impending sense of gloom, of hopelessness, of dread and foreboding, and I think the haunting was one of the very first films to do that. To me, it succeeded. In my case, it it did that in spades, and I still think it's a very scary movie. It still, you know, creeps me out. Yeah, which is why I love
0: to watch it. I and can the tell fact... you have a passion for this movie. <laughs> I can tell. I do. I I love this movie. I I'm think sorry, I this movie bring that bring that same passion to this podcast with you.
1: <laughs> now you talk about this movie being in black and white that kind of threw you off. As you're well aware, they made a remake of this movie in 1999. In, mm-hmm. And that movie sucks.
0: It <laughs> absolutely sucks. They did. I did see that that movie one time, probably around 1999, 2000. I don't remember much of what happened. Maybe I should rewatch it now that I've seen this, The Haunting, but it had Liam Neeson in it, Catherine Dede Jones, Owen Wilson, you know, well-known names and actors, but it was not a well-received or very good movie, as I recall. And, and kind of, you can look up the probably the reviews to tell you the same. What what was so bad about that movie? Just to, to touch on it briefly, what do you remember about that? Because I, I don't remember much about it.
1: I was excited, first of all, the fact that they were making a remake of one of the movies that I adored, one a movie that I thought was one of the best horror, and I thought, oh, it's not just me, there's other people who like this movie and they they're remaking it because they think there's an audience for it. In a way, I kind of felt vindicated that I like The Haunting so much and that it is a good movie, good enough to spawn a remake of it. Mm-hmm. But when I, I saw the movie in the theater and they do show the ghosts in that movie and they <laughs> this film is very visual. There is no... Like the other, there is no other
0: extreme on the other side, right?
1: Right. It is the exact... Everything that you're saying you wish this... The original <laughs> Haunting had, the new one did have. And it was terrible. Terrible. Maybe they just
0: had a bad director. You know, I think a remake of that movie is not a bad idea. But they mm-hmm. just executed it poorly, obviously. I don't know who directed it. I haven't done research on it. Was it was um,
1: Jan, Jan de Jan de directed that movie. Jan Bont, Didn't he do
0: Speed? He did
1: Speed, he did Twister. Come on, Yon
0: de Bont, come on. He
1: he should have stuck to the action because he is not good at psychological or horror film. But, and I think the problem with the remake, the 1999 version of The Haunting is they do show too much. They show everything. You see the ghosts. You see Owen Wilson's head getting taken off of his body and rolling down the hallway.
0: Or or Will- Owen Wilson. And Come to me, on.
1: I kind of wanted to laugh at that. So, yes, the nineteen ninety-nine haunting directed by Jan DeBant is the extreme opposite of the nineteen sixty-three The Haunting directed by Robert Weiss. In both ways. It it's in color, it shows you everything, and it's
0: <laughs> a terrible movie. As opposed to so the nineteen sixty-three. 1963... Why, why, why are you gonna remake a movie and make it totally the opposite of the original? I guess. I don't know. Maybe you want to put your own stamp on it for people different. like you, Bryn, who you know oh, they think, okay, it's yes, it's your fault because
1: <laughs> they probably realize, okay, there's a lot of people who didn't watch the original haunting because they're put off by the fact that it's in black and white. Yeah, they don't know any of these actors, but let's put in some well-known actors at the time. Let's put yeah. let's special effects and hopefully. Yeah. Right. people will appreciate it and people will come and see this movie. It's not the same movie. Well, yes, the story that, maybe, is basically maybe it's the not same. a bad
0: movie. Maybe I'm just uh, remembering it poorly. I need to go back <laughs> and watch this cuz it you're, the way you're describing it, it has everything I want. It has Exactly. I mean Catherine did Catherine did a Jones back in that, that time. Oh, it was her
1: heyday. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Liam Neeson. I mean, come on. This guy is He's trained Jedi. He's trained Batman. This guy, you know, oh, yeah, He's Taken. rescued
1: his daughters from oh, and, Owen oh, and Wilson. Terrorists. Yeah,
0: Owen Wilson. I mean, Whitney McQueen himself. Oh my god! All right, I'm gonna go watch this movie because it sounds like an amazing film. I mean, well, you're, just, you're selling it pretty good now.
1: I would try and save you from watching that movie, <laughs> but I think you should watch it because I would say everything that you said you the 1963 version was, you're gonna get it in 1999 version, and you're not gonna like the movie. Okay. Right, I guarantee yeah. you're not going to like the movie. You might be right on
0: that. But I, I think I'm I'm convinced I need to watch it again to give it a fair and honest shake in now there, reference to this movie.
1: There was another loosely retold version of this movie that was directed by Mike Flanagan. It was a miniseries on Netflix called The Haunting of Hill House, the original um, title of the book that The Haunting is yeah. based out of. Have you ever seen that version? I have not. Okay. Any good. That, it is good. I do enjoy it. However, it's not the same. It the circumstances are the same. There's a house, but it's still it's very different from the book. It's very different from the 1963 and the 1999 version. Um, it's about, more about um... a. It's more about a family that go to this house and the stuff that they experience, and it's more about the relationships with the family members in regards to this house as well. I really did enjoy that uh, mini series that was on Netflix. I enjoyed it for what it was Mm -hmm. and, but it is very loosely based on the same story that
0: the haunting is. So what about Disney's The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy? How, how's that stack in the mix here? Is that, uh, is that a good one? one
1: (laughs) No, that movie is awful too.
0: Okay. And that movie's in color. And maybe it's I'm awful. kidding, maybe I'm not. But I did I did read somewhere that actually the haunting of 1963 did inspire the Haunted Mansion theme attraction ride at Disneyland. Yes. And Disney Do you know World. which parts
1: were, were inspired by it? One one scene in the in the ride was inspired directly from the movie.
0: Let me think. The the stretching room? Is that what yes. it's called? Well, the yes.
1: Well, the room where the, there's all the doors.
0: The doors not and the, the pictures
1: and that one or no? No, no, the one with the doors where you're in the doom buggy. And you kind of go by that hallway. There's all the doors. There's that one where the knocker is kind of knocking on its own. But you see the one door kind of bending in and out Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. somebody that's directly pulled from the haunting movie because the scene where they're in the room and they hear everything outside and the spirits are trying to get in, you see the door bend in and out. And the Haunted Mansion ride pulled that visual effect straight from the haunting.
0: That's really good. Job, Disney. For that. Good job, Disneyland. The Haunted Mansion is one of my favorite rides of all time.
1: Then the, awesome. I don't understand why the Haunting isn't one of your favorite movies of all time.
0: Disney does it better. Actually, okay. that makes no sense because they made the Haunted Mansion twice and uh, the movie twice, and none of them either one of them was that good. But, I have uh, not seen
1: this, the newest one. I, I'm probably going to give it a look, but I have not should. seen it. Well,
0: yet. In, all, in all honesty, I've only gotten about two thirds of the way through that new one. I'm not in a hurry to finish it. So that should tell you enough. Wow, a lot of haunted stuff going on. Is there any good haunted mansion movies that you can recall or recommend besides this one in the last 20, 30 years? Anything else that's based you know on what? Haunted House? Right. I think the
1: haunting is. To me, the best one and the original one. I think the most famous one that people, if I were to mention the name, people know it as the seminal haunted house movie. And I think that's the Amityville horror. I Mm. think that's probably the most recognizable haunted house type movie. But there's a few
0: versions of that movie too, right?
1: Exactly. There have been several versions of that as well. But I think even when I was growing up, before I saw The Haunting, if you, somebody said haunted house movie, the Amityville horror was always the one that was on top of my list or came to mind first. And I honestly can't think of anything other that would instantly jump to my mind if you were to mention a haunted house type film. What you about know, movie,
0: you? Movie that comes to my mind and uh, maybe it doesn't qualify as haunted house, but it does take place in the house. And it's a scary movie. is called The People Under the Stairs. Yes, Wes Craven. Is it Wes Craven? Yes yes ving rames and yes. uh that movie is pretty creepy i mean uh, i don't need to get into the plot of that or anything like that but uh but on the stairs m- yeah but out. that's it not really a haunted
1: out. house movie that's it's not a haunted
0: house but it's a creepy scary movie. people
1: that live in a in a you know it's a, it's a house it's and the house itself is scary but it's not haunted
0: yeah so, but it's owned by like demented people and yes. like, they capture children they live under their basement and like i don't know pretty much if you're a kid don't get stuck in that house. It's not going to end well for you, <laughs> but yeah, that just came to mind. So, so that's,
1: that's your, when, when people say haunted house,
0: you think of people under, under the stairs. That's right, man. And wasn't the kid's name fool. His name was fool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't go there fool. Don't do that fool. Wow. I mean, we talk a lot about haunted, haunted mansions, haunted houses today. I'm a little haunted out. I'm trying to make sure I sleep well tonight. But you know I mean,
1: <laughs> well, if you seriously want to get scared and, and I say this in a joking manner. Watch the 1999 version of The Haunting because you will be spooked at how bad that movie is. <laughs> it's the movie I'm that you in a want. Way. Yeah. Yes, because if like I said, if you want a movie in color that shows you everything, you'll go watch that movie, but it is not a good movie. Is there but any nudity in it? Genuinely be No, I don't think oh. there's any nudity. Okay, maybe I'll watch it. Um, if you want to be genuinely scared and genuinely creeped out and just have this sense of foreboding. And I, I, you know, the first time after I watched it, I did was I was laying in bed and I was kind of thinking of that movie and I was creeped out. And I think I, it took me a long time to go to sleep that night. It is for me, the pinnacle of haunted house movies. It's the pinnacle of setting a mood, setting a tone of less is more. A lot of Filmmakers who kind of embrace that style of filmmaking. I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure that the haunting is probably an influence on that. Oh, for Uh, sure. It is. I highly recommend this movie. If any of our audience members have not seen it, but they do enjoy a good haunted house movie, then
0: they have to put this on their list. Okay. Fair enough. I still don't understand how you get scared when you don't believe in ghosts in the first place, but uh, that's another conversation. And, uh, Obviously you are a, a big fan of this film. I was not as much, but I appreciate I appreciate good filmmaking even in the 1960s and I do think this had an impact on other films that came after it. And uh, you know we can all use a good haunting, a good scary moment here during this Halloween season. So this has been awesome, it's been real. And before I you know get even more scared, we should we should start to wrap things up, Troy. Um, before we do though, let's talk about our next, popcorn society episode and i will i will kind of go into this because uh i was uh pushing for this to be chosen uh ladies and gentlemen we're going to talk about the movie super eight it's a monster film set in the 1980s it came out more recently than that probably around uh, 2012 or 14 don't know off the top of my head but in the last 10 years 15 years super eight directed by j.j abrams i think it's uh, a good film to talk about during uh Halloween season and I think you'll enjoy our our discussion about Super 8 uh Troy have you seen Super 8 or what do you remember about it I did
1: see Super 8 I saw it in the theater because I I'm a big JJ Abrams fan and of course it was produced by Steven Spielberg or executive produced by Steven Spielberg so I was very excited about this movie I've only seen it one time the one time in the movie theater and that can probably right there let you know how I felt about the movie I when you said you want to do this I was like you know what I want to give that movie another viewing and see if it's changed my opinion of it 13 12 years later I think the yeah, movie came out in yeah. 2011 yeah so I can't wait to talk to you about it and we'll see if my feelings have changed if the audience can't guess I wasn't really impressed with the movie but maybe on a second viewing I will change you my know, mind
0: sometimes all it takes is a second viewing I've seen it multiple to- multiple times I love Super 8 um, i don't know if i love it as much as you love the haunting but uh, i do uh, i'm a big fan of super eight movie back when jj abrams was actually directing uh films before the star wars uh fiasco uh, but we'll talk about that more later on our next episode uh everybody thank you for for listening we appreciate your support and we look forward to bringing you more popcorn society talk uh this uh this fall this winter stay tuned Until then, uh, you keep popping over there, Troy. Oh, no Colonel left unpopped over here, my friend. No Colonel left behind. Have a good uh, day, night, morning, wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen. Take care. Bye.